You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, y'all. Spooky season is here. And if you're looking for a show to whet your appetite for a little haunted history, then I'd like to invite you to check out Southern Gothic a chart-topping history podcast that explores some of the most infamous legends, folklore, ghost stories, and hauntings of the American South. We've covered all sorts of stuff from the Bell Witch of Tennessee to the disappearance of the Confederate submarine, the H.L. Hunley, not to mention our deep dives into the local lore of some of America's oldest and most haunted cities like New Orleans, Charleston, and St. Augustine. So, if you're ready for a little good old-fashioned Halloween storytelling with a commitment to quality historical research, then be sure to check out Southern Gothic today. It's available now on all your favorite podcast apps. Welcome to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stoltzner. It's actually quite unlike anything we've ever seen before. A giant, hairy creature, part ape, part man. In Loch Ness, a 24-mile-long bottomless lake in the highlands of Scotland, it's a creature known as the Loch Ness Monster. Monster Talk. It's been a long time since we've done an episode where we actually just sat around and talked. This will be fun. I can't even recall the last one we did. Uh, it probably had something to do with monsters. <laughs> monsters, <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so I thought this would be fun to talk about um, some of the things I've been doing outside of podcasting for a little bit. I, I did um, Dragon Con and Crypticon back-to-back weekends, so thanks to my wife for letting me leave the house. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it'd be interesting to get a bit of a roundup of everything you've been doing. And I haven't been to Dragon Con since 2009, I think, was the one and only time I went. Yeah, it's, well, and that's actually, I think that's where we met, isn't it? it and now I'm thinking it was 2008. I think it was 2008. I think we met yeah, there. And because that's, that's where we, I think you, you broached the topic of Monster Talk. I, uh, well, we, I definitely talked about podcasting. I think it took me almost a year to actually execute, uh, to get it all together. But, yeah, uh, we, we yeah. started in 2009. Right. So. But but there was a fun year of planning and kind of thinking about it. So I, I, I keep thinking about it as being uh, that we began in 2008, but I think our actual yeah. first recording was in uh, like 
I want to say July 2009, but that may not be right. But it was definitely uh, in 2009. Yeah, I think it could have been about June or July. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so this year I went, uh, I did something a little different. So normally I hang out in the skeptic track the whole time. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, Derek Tatum, uh, who runs the horror track, is a listener of the show. And it turns out a lot of the people in the horror track actually listen to the show. It's really cool. Uh, so I went and spent some time with the horror track, and we did a panel on the Hammer Frankenstein movies, all of them. Oh, great. And then we also covered uh, Suspiria, which had their 40th anniversary, and we went to see that. It actually came out to the theaters a week later, like a special uh, remastered release. So Kathleen and I got to go see Suspiria in the theater, which was really cool. Cool, yeah, and I, I think it's a lot of crossover between skeptic tracks, science tracks, and horror tracks. Yeah, um, I've been going to Horrorfest at Starfest in Denver for years now, and you know a lot of people are interested in the same things as us. Yeah, I, and DragonCon is such an amazing convention. Uh, the, the numbers they release are about how many people actually attend are, are a little vague. Oh, it's uh, like sixty thousand. Yeah, but I think if you're actually realistic about it, it's probably more like eighty. Um, it's a lot really? of people. Yeah, I think we say less. <laughs> no, 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 no. They, they, the streets of Atlanta are just packed with nerds. It's fantastic. So, and is it still across those four hotels downtown? No, now it's across six. So six. Wow. Yeah, it's it's really spread out, and it really covers most of downtown Atlanta. Uh, so it's it's really fun. But they have a paranormal track as well. So I spend a lot of time sort of uh, hanging out in the paranormal track and, you know, hearing what's Great. what. Well, uh -huh. I, I, I love it because, you know, I'm very interested in these sort of paranormal topics. And while mm -hmm. I'm a skeptic, I love hearing the latest stories and what people are, you know, what the general thinking is along these lines. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I had a good time. I got to go to uh, some Bigfoot talks, some ghost talks, and some physics talks uh, in that track. And then... Uh, in oh, I would the, think we'd, we'd have listeners who would attend the paranormal oh, track I'm, as well. I'm sure we do. I'm sure we do. And um, uh, it, it it's really fun. I mean, the, the paranormal track is not a particularly skeptical track. One of the, uh, they, on their Bigfoot panel, Bill Brock, and um, he's on Destination America's Monsters Underground, and he has a YouTube channel. And he's a good <laughs> talker. I, I, he's, he's fun to listen to. Um, while I don't agree with everything he says, I did enjoy his talk. I chatted with him there, and then I chatted with him again at Crypticon briefly. But I'd love to talk to him more. He, he had some interesting things to say. One of the things he talked about was uh, when it comes to Bigfoot throwing rocks, he says he's seen bears throwing rocks, uh, which I thought was a really interesting claim. I haven't mm. seen that myself, but, uh, you know. No, I haven't heard of that before. It's no. interesting. <laughs> but it was interesting, exactly. But the, what's funny is the, the skeptic on the panel that he was on was uh, a guy I went to college with named Kyle, Kyle Cobb. And Kyle was uh, really taking uh, the really skeptical position on Bigfoot. But it was mm -hmm. funny because Kyle, uh, on the track, his uh, his description is demonologist. And so I kept wondering, <sighs> you know, if I were Bill and I were trying to defend against Kyle, my first question would be, uh, you know, hey, you're calling Bigfoot BS, but your description says demonologist. What is <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think Joe Nickel, uh, if you go to his website, he has about 200 different names and titles that he goes by. And I think he refers to himself as a demonologist as well, I guess, in the sense of being an expert about demon theory. Yeah, that, that's a, it, it's a title. I, I don't really know how one gets fully qualified for it. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, I think it's one one of those ones you give to yourself. I think so, yeah, <laughs> uh, from, uh, what is it, Thunderwood University, right? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so why weren't you on any of these panels? Well, I've, 
so that's a great question. I, you're supposed to, if you're going to be a guest, um, you have to submit a form to like become a guest, and there's a deadline for that. And oh, it's very also, early in the year, isn't uh, it? Yeah, and I totally blew it off. And when I finally realized it was time to do it, I made time. Uh, I had missed the deadline. So I went oh. with a regular membership. And uh, Derek from uh, Derek Tatum was nice enough to get me onto the horror track stuff as an add-on. But next year I will make the effort to get on properly. I, I really did enjoy it. Plus, I feel like I would be a good fit for the skeptic track, the paranormal track, and the horror track. It's, it's oh these, yeah, these are all topics I'm interested in, and I feel like I'm competent to talk about these topics without. Uh, too much chance of sticking my foot in my mouth. So you are, and you're a local as well. Local That's talent. true. I am a local, <laughs> genuine Southern boy. So, <laughs> but, and that's the funny thing, actually. Uh, when I was up, so the other thing I went to was CryptidCon, and while I was there, I, after talking for a few minutes with people from Kentucky, my Southern twang came out big time. And right, uh, <laughs> one of my friends asked me, "What's going on with that?" You know, like I'm adopting the Southern twang. Well, you know, as a linguist, this is actually something you're probably familiar with, which is the old concept of uh, registers, right? So you have these social registers you speak in for different situations. Like, So there are always these presidents who go talk to a black church, and then suddenly they're talking like a black pastor, and everybody's like, oh, that's not, that's disingenuous, right? Right. But, but there are legitimate reasons why people talk differently in different contexts. Like you wouldn't speak the same at a job interview as you would with your friends around a football game. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I think they're in linguistics would refer to them as formal or informal environments in some uh, countries though, they'll actually have different languages or, or different dialects of a language that you'll speak. Exactly. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure where it is. Um, I think it could be in Norway uh, but they have Bokmal and Runamal, and one is spoken uh, in formal places like in banks and in schools, and the other is just used on a day-to-day -day basis. So I could be wrong with, with the country I've referred to. But, um, yeah, and, and certainly uh, I, I was in Australia throughout August, and I think it took all of about half an hour for me to be back home for me to really just start converging towards the Australian English accent again. So uh, and a huge tangent, but I, I feel like, when I was growing up, uh, talking Southern made me feel ignorant. And now I'm a, as an adult, I realized that was probably just, you know, me being hypersensitive to the case. Yeah, you know, those are stereotypes, yeah, I think, exactly. you know. But I did make it a, a deliberate attempt to try to learn to talk like the people on PBS. And, and so <laughs> when I'm hanging out with my family, uh, not my wife and kids, but my like more extended family, I, I do tend to fall right back into my Southern tropes and I feel very comfortable with that. I don't feel like I'm faking it. I feel like this way I'm talking right now is more of an affectation than the way I talk naturally with my family. So it's, it's a little peculiar. I, I'm a little, I'm a little at odds with my own self about the way that I approach these, these forms of speech. So. Well, again, I think it depends on who we're talking to. And, uh, and an example that's always used in linguistics is if you went into a pub in England, you wouldn't start using received pronunciation to sound like the queen. You'd be using more of a Cockney accent to, to get along with other people in the pub. So, you know, different ways of speaking, either different accents or being more formal in your language or, or less formal. It just depends on the environment that you're in. And this may seem like a rabbit hole of, of sides, but I'll tell you that this is all it all matters because it, it kind of points to the complexity of humans. Like each of us is, is a very complex being. 
And Mm -hmm. that matters because I think what uh, visiting the skeptics track and the paranormal track and cryptid con all reminded me of of how we're perceived being so important. And people don't get to know you over time. Like you're, you know, when you're when we're doing this podcast, they're only getting one little facet of, of who we are. And, oh, yeah. and we're really complicated people. We have really complicated lives, and, and I swear my head off. And right, right, and and, and I don't <laughs> feel like I'm show. right. I don't feel like I'm being phony, but that's that's you know no, it, it is a form. Just, it is a it's definitely something we're doing on purpose, where we edit the show and take out some of the mistakes, and we try to be as error free as possible. We try to oh, speak yeah. clearly. You know, I, I don't being I don't appropriate know. for the domain that we're in. Yeah. So, but to admit that that I love monsters. Uh, to me, is is just a fact of my life, right? But um, it's a part of you. <laughs> yeah, it really is. But it, it's such a big part of me. It's really one of those things that's it spans across. You know, I love monsters more than I love puns. If I had to give up puns or monsters, puns are out the window, right? I thought you were going to say your wife there. No, no, no. If I no, no, she gets to stay, and she would probably be excited that I was getting rid of the puns. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> After all these years. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I mean, we've been married for 17 years. So, there's been dozens wow. of puns, right? In- <laughs> uh, dozens, yeah. But uh, it, it the is. The listeners wouldn't like it if you dropped the puns, though. I mean, they're always talking about your puns. It's surprising we have as many listeners as we do. <laughs> Maybe they're just one time listeners. Yeah. And Tune in once. Done, right? This sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Oh no! What have I gotten into? They get no. turned off. <laughs> That's all right. No. So, Crypticon, were you invited as a guest, or uh, did you submit a, an abstract to speak, or how did it? How did your involvement start? So, uh, Sharon Hill, uh, a colleague of ours, uh, sent me an email about this, and she and uh, Jeb Card, who we've heard from the Archaeological Fantasies podcast, was on mm-hmm. our show before. The two yep. of them and I and I went up there uh, to meet, but when she told me about it, I decided to actually reach out to them and see if they'd be willing to have me on as a guest. And yeah. they were great. They were delighted. And so uh, they added me to the, the guest list, and uh, they gave me a slot to talk, and it was fantastic, and I'm really glad that I did it. Um, so were you the only skeptical speaker there? To the Well, you know, there's this thing that happens in uh, cryptozoology and in paranormal where people go up and say things like, uh, you know, technically, I'm a skeptic about this stuff, but I, you know, of and course, so, yeah, and they mean that t- to the best of their ability, but it's not really the same as people who would be involved with Skeptical Inquirer or Skeptic Magazine. Yeah, I guess right. practicing skeptics. Right. So practicing skepticism versus self-identifying yeah. as a skeptic. It's 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 somewhat different. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But it was really fun to get up there and. Um, I and let's be honest, I love monsters. I keep saying that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And I was delighted to get a chance to hang out with these people who love cryptozoology as much as I do, who love monsters as much as I do. Well, how were you received then? Uh, extremely well. So the first night, um, the three of us had sat down. And I thought we were just going to sit in the bar and sort of like get a, get a plan together. And we were barely. I may. I'm not even sure if we had our first drink yet when Cliff Barrickman showed up. Which I think it might be pronounced Barakman, but either way, uh, Cliff came over and sat down with us. I, uh, I, I really don't know how he decided that, but he did, uh, and it mm-hmm. was really awesome. And so I'm hoping Cliff will actually come and talk to us on the show. That would be great. But he was a delight to talk to, and he knows so much 
about human history. It was really surprising. Um, uh, I guess that, you know, I'll let him talk about that if he shows up to, to visit with us, like I'm hoping he will. I, we also sure. got to meet Lauren Coleman, and I'm hoping he will talk to us as well. I saw the photos on Facebook. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> I mean, I mean, these are people I've talked to online before and have reached out to before, but I don't really <laughs> think they knew uh, me well enough to commit uh, to actually showing up here. And I'm hoping that we made a good impression. But Cliff definitely made a good impression. He really knows a lot about human origins. Uh, that doesn't really come out or come across in Finding Bigfoot, in my opinion. And right. he had some really interesting things to say about the show, which I will not disclose because I haven't really – I felt like we were talking off the record. Um, oh, okay. And, some insider. Yeah, gossip. but I'm hoping that if he comes on, we can actually repeat those conversations and maybe dig a little deeper. It was really Fantastic. great. It was a it was wonderful meeting Lauren. I've read his books. Uh, you know he's been involved mm -hmm. in cryptozoology for many years. Oh uh, yeah. And um, it was he was really fun to talk to as well. Again, I think it was kind of funny because uh, we have a reputation as being very skeptical people, and um, but I I feel like I'm quite different from say Joe Nickel or Michael Shermer those guys, and I don't. I don't dislike those guys, but I feel like I'm probably more inclined to give, uh, I don't know how to put this, a fair hearing to people. I, I don't I don't come to really strong conclusions on stuff ahead of time. And I'm not saying mm -hmm. they do necessarily, but especially not Joe. Joe does, Joe does really good research, but, but I'm less inclined to have a definitive answer for a case. I'm more inclined to say, here's my best guess based on the evidence we have, but I don't know. Because a lot of these cases, there's never going to be a definitive answer. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of skeptics will draw conclusions and come up with, uh, say that they've solved something and really they're, they're just kind of coming up with stock responses rather yeah, than going it, and doing a hands-on investigation. I'm not referring to anyone in particular, but I think that you've got so many different character types within well, skepticism. Absolutely. And I think you and I are definitely more moderate. Yes, I would agree. I would agree. We're very moderate. And I hope we're being as true to what a good skeptic should be as we can be. And there was a recurring theme in the people who have heard our show and talked to me, and it was, thank you for not being an asshole. <laughs> and I felt like, I felt like honestly, we're not. And so I felt like that was a really nice affirmation well, that we're taking a good approach here. So We've occasionally had that had it said that we, we mock people or ridicule people yes, or laugh at so people. And, but I think maybe that might have even been years ago when we were still kind of finding our footing with the show. Fairly um, said. Maybe, That's a really good point. Maybe someone just listened to one episode and, and just heard something that they disagreed with and just took umbrage to it. And who knows? But well, uh, I, I think and, by and large, we, we try to be fair. I, I would say one of the things that um, is uh, – uh, sorry, a spider just dropped on my head, I, <laughs> <laughs> which I think I handled that very well. <laughs> I think you did. You really kept you cool. <laughs> well, this is monster talk, so that was appropriate. Absolutely. So uh, I try not to kill them, but I also don't like the building webs down here. So – um, or oh, landing on your head during a podcast. Or landing on my recording. head during a podcast. Sorry. <laughs> so, so uh, now I've lost my track. I, I, I can think of a spider in my hair. But fortunately, I have very little hair. So, you know, that's okay. <laughs> oh, so, so this criticism of us uh, uh, being a-holes, uh, you know, again, most people were saying we weren't, which was great. But the thing is, when it comes to laughter, I laugh at everything. I am a jovial person, and I really can't control that. And so... 
it's really easy to hear someone talking and if you disagree with their perspective to read a lot into why they're laughing right oh yeah i think some of it can just be trying to instill camaraderie and just friendliness and and yeah. you know I, I don't think we've ever done anything to to be cruel or mean no or no no and, nasty and, right even when we were at our most contentious i thought we were fair and, and even even tempered about the whole thing i I, there's very rare times when I get righteous about cryptozoology. It's like I have opinions about stuff, mm-hmm. but I don't, it doesn't, it, it rarely triggers me into like a, oh no, <laughs> this, yeah. this must not stand kind of thing. No, no, I'd agree with you. So, uh, so I get, I get, uh, I get concerned because I listen to so many paranormal podcasts and so many cryptozoology podcasts and mm-hmm. I hear how skeptics are described. And I think, oh, no, you know, we have a real public image problem. Uh, And I hope we're doing Mm -hmm. good work to help clear that up. But it it is a a fairly serious issue. And I don't – and those can be straw men. I mean, they can be – the bad skeptic would say this, and then they say something that a skeptic might say. But, but oh yeah, I, yeah. I think the thinking of that kind of you know, prototypical skeptic on TV—the person who's brought in just to say no and yeah—and and that's pretty much all they do. And, token and skeptic. Let's be fair; those people do exist. I've I, I've heard them, and there's some really bad they examples do. out there. So, and especially the way that they're portrayed with editing, oh, we just yeah, come across yeah. as naysayers and cynics. Yeah, and the cynic thing, the cynic thing especially bugs me. But this is all going to come to bear on some upcoming episodes. Um, I I know we've corresponded a little bit on the side about it, but um, a podcast that I really enjoy is called Astonishing Legends. Mm-hmm. They recently did some coverage of the uh, Kelly Hopkinsville goblins, um, and I had been putting off that case uh, for us to cover because it's such a complicated story. Mm-hmm. And, but some things happened uh, that were covered in the part three of that episode that I feel like uh, we we need to respond to. But I also feel like we need to do coverage of that case as well prior mm-hmm. to dealing with that. And I've been sure. in correspondence with them and the scientists who were discussed in that episode. And I think really good things are coming out of it. So uh, Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to get some different perspectives on it. Right. I want to mention that because it is something I'm working on. I know some of our listeners have asked if we're going to be talking about it. We are. Uh, it's yeah, really we, we get lots of requests nowadays. We do, and I love that. I know uh, one of the next ones we're going to be doing is Lizard Man as well. One of our listeners has been so persistent and politely asking, when are we covering the Lizard Man? So I, talk, I talked to <laughs> Ka- time. So I talked to Lyle uh, Blackburn while we were up there, and uh, he's pretty much done the definitive research on that case, and uh, I'd like to have him back on and talk about his book and oh, our, yeah, yeah. our thoughts. He was on fantastic. Oh, yeah, he was great. And uh, I think he was having a real hoot at this at this Crypticon thing too. So it was a uh, bit of a celebrity there. Hey? Yo, for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, so I mean, I have to say, I, I, this was their first one. Um, it was an interesting. It was a small hotel, uh, older hotel. Uh, it was very. They were very nice. We had a couple of interesting incidents. The power went out uh, on Saturday night and it went out on Sunday morning. Um, Spirits. Woo! Uh, I think actually somebody drove into a transformer, but yeah, basically there could have been spirits involved, right? Yeah. yeah, Of a different kind. Right. It is Kentucky, right? It was, there was a big party going out on the uh, the patio. Yeah. Yeah. No, they had a lot of, there were, I think there's two different distilleries in the town. I I was, the bourbon was flowing quite freely. It was, (laughs) it was, 
<laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. It really was. And the people, the, the fans were great. I see the monster fans. They, they were actually, this is the most amazing thing to me. There were fans who came just to hear me talk for monster talk. And so wow. uh, we had real listeners who drove from as far away as Chicago Really? To, yes, oh. I was so humbled by that, and I really appreciated it. So I, I, I was able to give them posters and sign them, and uh, oh, it was great. really nice to meet everybody. And I feel kind of dumb right now that I didn't catch everybody's name and mention them by name right here. But uh, it was fantastic because I knew that uh, at least the third of the people that came to listen to my talk were actually fans of the show, and that was wonderful. Oh, how cool. Oh, it was really great. So hopefully I didn't stumble through my little talk too badly. Um, I was trying to talk about science and monsters and some of the overlap between those topics and how we use uh, science and monsters on our show and monsters mm-hmm. as a springboard to talk about science topics. Um, there were a few people who I was getting a little stony face from some of the people in the audience. And that made me, I've never had that before. I've never had like openly hostile people before and nobody was mean well, or anything, but did I did anyone leave during the talk or no, they were very polite and storm out. <laughs> uh, I heard from other people that there were some people shaking their heads and saying, no, that's oh. not right. That sort of thing. But uh, you know, yeah. it, it's hard to tell though from people's expressions, and you know, our skeptical opinions of body language. You know, they could have just been thinking about what you were saying or thinking about themselves. And yeah, yeah. And I hope they'll give the show a listen. And, and you know, the whole thing here is uh, the way we do our show. There's there's topics that we cover, and you don't have to listen to every episode. And I think they all stand alone very nicely. So oh, absolutely. In in our archives. Yeah, and and I also I don't. It's very, we've done a few episodes where we could say definitively this is the answer, right? Where we know it's a hoax for sure, or mm-hmm. we were able to definitively prove this is the case. But most of the sure. time, there's a lot of ambiguity there. And, oh yeah, a lot of question marks yeah. still. And our show has never really been so much about that's not right and that's not right. It's more about you know how does science deal with this and what else can we think about and what if this were real, what would it be like? So I like oh, yeah. that. So. Oh, yeah, and looking at the folklore as well and just the history and all the aspects. One peculiar thing that kept coming up was uh, the description, when we're talking about those sort of pseudo-skeptical views, like people who or they were doing these straw men versus skeptics. They were like, well, skeptics mm-hmm. say this stuff never happens, and skeptics never have these weird occurrences. And if the skeptics would have one strange occurrence, they would totally change their belief system. Right. Which I thought was <laughs> interesting because they obviously just need to read your book. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Yes, yes. We're going to move on to talking about my book. Yeah, let's uh, so talk would, about it. Yeah. Would yeah. you believe it? Um, mysterious tales from people you'd least expect. So I released this 
going back earlier this year now, so it's, it's been around for a little while, and I think we've talked about it on the show previously too, um, but I think this is an interesting intersection of um, for believers and for skeptics as well. Uh, so it's I've just found over the years, and I'm sure you've found this as well, that when you get uh, interviewed on particularly on paranormal shows, that they'll always ask you, have you ever had a, a paranormal experience or a strange experience yourself? And uh, historically, I'd just say, you know, no, I haven't and kind of shake it off. And so anyway, I got talking to my husband, Matthew, about this, and uh, he had a wealth of stories of Bigfoot experiences and UFO sightings and ghost sightings and all kinds of stories. And I really thought about things. And I thought I've been doing this for about 20 years now. I've been uh, going and investigating all kinds of claims and phenomena, and yet I've never seen anything or experienced anything. And so I, I got thinking about it more and I realized, you know, I have actually had some strange experiences and I wouldn't personally call them paranormal. I guess you could call them paranormal-like. So some, some weird experiences, things that have happened to me, and uh, I've just sought natural scientific explanations for them, whereas maybe other people would seek supernatural or, or resort to paranormal explanations instead. So uh, I kind of drew the conclusion that, Paranormal experiences are really all in the interpretation. And uh, so I started speaking with people such as your good self and uh, other skeptics and just found that uh, most skeptical friends of mine have had a paranormal-like experience of their own. So I thought, you know, I should just compile a set of these stories and, and take a look at them. And uh, so I got a, a bunch of our friends to contribute to this book, and a lot of the contributors will be well known to our listeners, people like James Randi and Joe Nichol, Eugenie Scott, uh, and then people we've had on the show like Ken Fetter and Brian Regal and Haley Stevens and yourself too. Uh, so plenty of skeptics who've had these experiences. Um, I, I think there is a stigma, though, among skeptics, and so a number of people that I approached about it didn't want to be involved. A few people wanted to be involved, but they just wanted to go anonymously, to contribute anonymously. Um, but then I had one famous magician as well say to me that he's never had a, a paranormal luck experience because he's not credulous. Aww. And uh, so, but I think it's it's not so much a matter of being credulous. It's a, a matter of the interpretation of your experiences. And uh, so, yeah, I've got this very interesting collection of uh, of stories of ufo sightings and faith healing and seances and bigfoot encounters alien encounters um written by skeptics and scientists and magicians i think it's fascinating because i that whole thing where people who believe in this stuff and see skeptics and they're well if you just saw you'd believe or you know or you never look you're sitting in your armchair and it's like well they don't know, obviously, because I know I've went looking for ghosts. I've gone looking for ghosts. Boy, if my Kathleen ever listens to this show, she's going to kill me. So <laughs> I, for those who don't know, she's an editor. And so mm -hmm. I'm constantly correcting myself. So uh, I can barely leave a grocery list without the red ink coming out. So, <laughs> But anyway, uh, we do. There are many skeptics who go looking for Bigfoot, you know. It, and now I'm not being sarcastic there. I, I don't mean they go for a walk in the woods. I mean, there's people who mm -hmm. earnestly would like to see Bigfoot. They, you know, and you don't, even oh, yeah. if you don't believe it's real, 
going oh, out and taking a look is the right way to go if you want to like be genuine about it, right? So it's good fun. It's like legend tripping. You know, Absolutely. I mean, it's the same reason that you watch movies or documentaries about all these, uh, you know, these phenomena and, um, you know. But I with the stories, they're not all explained in the book. Um, some of the contributors don't have explanations for what happened to them, and uh, a, a good number of them also will come up with explanations, but they can't know for sure exactly what's going on. Uh, but I think it is a, a skeptical tenant, really, to be able to say, I don't know. Well, it doesn't I, mean that it's exactly. inexplicable. It, it is, just means but it's, at this it, point you can't explain It's fun, it. and it's, it's interesting, and it's human. It's very human. Uh, and... For, for people to think that all skeptics are just deep rationalists who deny the weird of the world, that's, I, that's just such so far from the reality of yeah, it. Yeah, that's more so, cynicism. And, and certainly there are there are those, within there the are skeptical people, community. Right, right. And it's just like there are people who believe everything. So, I, you know, even when those oh, yeah. things are in conflict with each other. So, it, Well, yeah, I had an interesting review from one uh, lady who is a, a believer, and she called people like that hard-boiled. <laughs> <laughs> so... I always Those think of hard for detectives, but yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, I, I it just does seem like these are human experiences. These are really common, and uh, I have a nice afterward, which is written by Jim Alcock. Um, I don't think we've had him on the show before. We we should so, get him no. on here. From he's in uh, at York University in Canada. And when I contacted him, I said, do you have a story that you can contribute to the book? And he said, you know, I haven't, which is just really strange because I've been teaching courses at university for decades and I teach my students that they will have these experiences, that they're, they're common. So instead, he ended up writing a really good afterward. Nice. That's very nice. I, I, yeah. it's, it's not a super expensive book, uh, but it definitely addresses those, those claims that uh, skeptics never have anything weird happen to them or the other one which i think is funny is the if they did then that would be it for them they would totally change their worldview and oh again i think yeah. it's all in the interpretation yeah. and so with the, some of the stories that i talk about uh i i just not necessarily on the spot but over time came up with plausible to me explanations for what happened and i just accepted those and forgot about them and didn't think of them as being paranormal whereas with other people you know, they. I guess it can depend on socialization too. If they're raised to believe in ghosts, um, if they're spiritual or religious, and things happen to them, and they they see them as being signs or omens of some kind, and uh, you know, kind of remembering the the hits and forgetting the misses. I guess exactly, and that's that's been a problem for several hundred years. So, <laughs> I mean, really longer than that. But uh, that whole uh, criticism that 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 people, you know. Uh, remember the hits and forget the misses uh, has been in the literature for a long, long time. Oh, it has, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, oh, oh, speaking of Crypticon, I wanted to mention. Oh, so, oh, let me stop and say that we will put another link to Would You Believe It. I would really, I wish there was a way we could just sort of give that book to people who make that that claim because it really does address that completely. Uh, and, and it's also interesting stuff. But uh, thank you. Yeah, it was yeah. really good fun to compile. In fact, I think it's my favorite book. Uh, the, I think of everything I've written anyway, I've enjoyed this the most. And and there's some really fun stories in there. Um, you know, again, I think that's just another perception of, of skeptics that we kind of suck the fun out of everything. And well, you're putting um, me to shame in output, by the way. So you're you're accruing quite the little author's page on, on Amazon. So people should check that out. There's a link to that on your uh, bio on the monsterdog.org page. As well. Yes, there is. Yes. So <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a reason nice. I don't get to see my family. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. So I. I 
I've got to get more stuff actually executed. But uh, I'm happy with this, the research I'm doing. I wish my book was further along. And I'm having all these uh, real strong urges to work on some of my fictional uh, ideas as well. But um, the impulse yeah, is there. The research is well. done. Oh, we just got to get it done. Uh, yeah, I should, yeah. <laughs> in the words of Mer Lafferty, we should be writing. So, <laughs> just you're gonna have to find some time every day, set aside an hour. That's right. It takes discipline, just like working out, done. everything else. But uh, yeah. That's okay. You know what? I, I'm not going to get into that because it's a, it's a rabbit hole of self-criticism. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to mention, speaking of uh, uh, monsters a little bit more, at Crypticon, mm -hmm. um, one of the things that really blew me away was how excellent the dealer's room was. Um, you know, I just had come back from DragonCon, and DragonCon has a vast dealer's room, and it's just full of mm -hmm. pretty much anything you can imagine. But it's spread all over the spectrum of what fans are into. And this uh, Crypticon really had a strong focus on, guess what? Cryptids. Monsters. So Yeah, and monsters in general, right. So lots of cool items there, but some of them were so cool that I reached out to the vendors and asked them if uh, maybe we could work on getting a Monster Talk discount. Um, that would not Ooh. be to get a kickback for me or anything like that. It's not, I mean, I, I, I really do want to keep the show advertising free, but mm -hmm. I do think it would be fun to like, you know, be able to pick up some of this swag. One of the things that really amazed me was, um, uh, the, this guy had put together all these cryptid patches, like you would put onto a jacket. Uh, mm -hmm. and he had them for almost all the major cryptids you might think of and, oh, wow. and and like some of them were more like you know monster hunter patches and oh, they're just amazing so i'm i'm working on uh getting us a, a discount code for his web store and he said he'd get back to me on that uh so i'll put a link to that in the, on our I, maybe we need good. to pick up maybe we should have a swag page or something like that i'm not really quite sure but it was really really cool yeah i think that'd be good what what kinds of things did they have then his website's called monsterologist.com. Monsterologist. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a, he's a really good graphic designer. It's very, very nice. But um, they had um, the Kraken, um, the Mothman, a, mm -hmm. a Roswell patch, uh, the Bigfoot, lots of Bigfoot options there, and uh, Chupacabra. Uh, one of the ones I think is really cool is the, the Cryptic Command patch. It looks like it should go on like an army uh, jacket. <laughs> So okay. I was but thinking it, they sound like Boy Scout. Oh, they really? Yeah, they're, they're, they are a little bit like that. They seem more, a little bit more military, but he's got Dogman, uh, the Flatwoods Monster. Uh, just a lot of very cool patches. He's got some special three packs and this sort of thing. Um, I posted cool. a picture of them on our, on our Facebook group. But also, uh, again, I'm going to put some kind of. We need to have a little link for this in the, in the show notes. Not, not today. Yeah. Maybe I'm probably going to put some sort of like. Uh, a link for for swag or something but yeah, I, I think a lot of listeners yeah. will be interested i in didn't this. realize i had such a bag fetish until i saw these things and then i was like oh <laughs> oh sorry excuse me badge fetish and I, I definitely have a bag <laughs> fetish that's different but but this was it really blew me away uh let me actually i'm gonna send you the link we'll i won't cut this, put this part in there but sure maybe uh, you can have something in the as you said in the show notes and maybe yeah a, i'll, I'll a go ahead and put something for in the show this. Notes, but if you if you if you're, you're patient we should get some kind of a discount code and maybe we could do something with that but it it yeah, these are really, really nice. The guy obviously really loves monsters and, and is a nice artist. And we've got a lot of great artists in our in our listeners as well. I, I mean, oh, we we really do, we really yeah. Do. And, and uh, it's such a great theme though for art. 
yeah, but I, I just really like these. There's a simplicity of design. He really, he's just really done good work. So, nice. and the quality's nice. I'm actually going to have, uh, I bought three of them just to start out, and I'm going to have them embroidered on my, uh, my man purse. <laughs> so nice they really sound cute oh they are they're great so uh, I, I, I sent you a link for that but um thank you you're welcome so i'll put that in the show notes i'll have to figure out how to edit that so it doesn't sound foolish um no i know I'm, I'm sure you can uh, keep some of it <laughs> and then I, I thought i would go ahead and mention um we're, we are working on uh, injecting some uh, a new a new sort of type of episode we're going to call monster science cinema which mm-hmm. I, I was inspired by Neil deGrasse Tyson, who is kind of famous. Well, he's famous for a lot of things, but one of the things he likes to do is go watch a perfectly good movie and then complain about the science in it. Right. <laughs> and I don't want to be like that, but I do yeah, like the idea. Yeah, a lot of skeptics do yeah. that. Though. Yeah, it, it can be fun to tear apart a movie, but I, I think it's even more fun to say, well, this is what they were talking about. And that's fun, but here's what the real science would look like. And so yeah. I'm or trying suspend- to get belief yeah exactly exactly so uh that's about all i want to say about that right now but i am very excited about some of those episode ideas and we're working on rounding up some of the experts uh to come and speak knowledgeable about yes we are there's been a real flutter of correspondence over the past month or so Mm. there has so we may not get episodes out as quickly as we'd like but we certainly are working strongly behind the scenes to try to make whatever we do get out of good quality so yeah I think that's about all I really wanted to cover today. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how how long we'd want a, a chatty episode like this to be. I, yeah, I, I mean, usually an hour for for a regular episode. I think that just for chatting, this is probably long enough. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about or promote? Um, well, I've written a couple of uh, short stories too. I don't know if you've been able to see them yet. I um, I, I share the links, but I haven't been able to read them yet. So. Well, I don't know if we can really insert this in anywhere because we're kind of already um, kind well, of lo- we'll, lost we'll over that. We'll put a link to all of your writing uh, in both the show notes and in the uh, in the obviously you've already got it on your bio page by linking to your author page on Amazon. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I've just um, in many ways I'm kind of surprised that I, that I am a skeptic. I think originally when I started out, I just was interested in, in the paranormal. And always wanted to write horror, and so I thought there's no time like the present, and uh, you know I never have time anyway, so uh, I'm just trying to cram this in. But I've just written a number of short stories, and eventually I thought it'd be nice to be able to compile them into a book of short stories. I mean, I, I grew up on um, Somerset Morn and uh, Roald Dahl's short stories, The Tales of the Unexpected, and oh yeah. Guy de Maupassant's stories. Uh, I mean, some of those just have incredible twists. I love stories with a good twist at the end. And uh, so, yeah, I've written two stories. One's called Don't Leave Me and another is Unforeseen Circumstances. Uh, and so I've released those over the past couple of months. So they're really the kind of stories that you can just read over a coffee. Uh, so maybe take you about 20 minutes, no more. And, um, yeah, they've both got unexpected twists at the end and uh, just having a lot of fun doing that. It's really just um, some, some brain candy, I guess. Hey, there's nothing wrong with horror. You, as you know, behind the scenes, I'm working on something related to horror as well. So, I don't yes, wanna... speaking of which, yeah, yeah, yeah. lots so of that'll, that'll be irons in the fire. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because I just don't have enough free time wasted on this sort of thing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Life's just too short. So much we want to do. Yeah. I wish I was immortal or didn't have to sleep or both. Yeah, so. we might be. 
Yeah. Well, well there's that. So <laughs> I always think about sleep. It's like I like sleeping, but I I feel like it's such a waste of time. And uh, it's 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 like oh, I just since the baby, I'm always tired nowadays. Oh, so yeah. I I just kind of put up with it and soldier on. <laughs> It's, it's, that's, that's rough, but we're going to end on, we'll end on a high note. Say, so we're going to recommend everybody check out your fiction, uh, and, and, uh, your, would you believe it book, which is great. And, uh, again, uh, thank you for everybody who came out to see me at dragon con and at cryptid con. And it was so great to meet listeners in real life. Uh, yeah, and just thank you to everyone for the emails that we, we get. I mean, we get emails pretty much every day it's from great. people just making suggestions and giving us feedback on the show, and it's just fantastic to hear from people. It really is. So, uh, again, we wouldn't do this show if we didn't have such wonderful listeners. I mean, we would have done a few, but we would have given up by given now. Up. <laughs> <laughs> so it really is wonderful to meet you people in real life, and hopefully – we're setting a good example for what skeptics can be. People who use critical thinking and science to evaluate the evidence, but still love a good story and love being human and all the things that that implies. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. And hopefully inspiring people to, to do their own shows and write their own blogs and um, you know, make their own monster patches. and. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, whatever, whatever you want to do that's monster related to, to just get out there and do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... Oh, you know, I should say that uh, there's a kid called the Cryptid Kid. Or the, the Cryptid the, the Kid. Crypto kid. <laughs> His name's crypto. Colin, Crypto Kids, Colin Schneider. And uh, okay. he, he gave a talk right before I did it at Crypticon. And uh, I don't how know how, I don't know. I'm guessing he's like late late teens. Uh, you okay. Know. Um, but he did really good research. I was really impressed. Um he was actually he's already doing like a radio show and wow. uh, and doing a lot of this research and he was going back to primary sources and i mean i don't you know i'm not i can't really speak to all of his research cuz i've only heard this one talk but i was really impressed at the amount of work he was putting into this stuff he was really doing rock solid research from everything i could see so i i told him i said that was very inspiring because while i was reading a lot at his age i wasn't actually doing this kind of research until i was well into my 30s um and it's uh, nice to get ahead of the curve there. So I hope he sticks with it. Absolutely. We should have him on the show sometime. I agree. I, you know, I'd like to learn a little bit more about what he's into, but I really did enjoy talking with him. So uh, young blood. So Yeah, uh, very cool. It's always great to, to meet the next generation. It really was. I, I, I want to make sure I mentioned that. So he, he was a, a real joy to talk to. So cool. anyway, so thanks to everybody who came out. And thanks for the people who put on CryptidCon. And thanks to Derek over at DragonCon for having me on those panels. That was a lot of fun. And are they going to do CryptidCon annually? It sure yeah. looks like it. That's what they're leaning towards. So um, Great. Yeah. Okay. I'm really hoping that next year I'll be able to attend again. It was just It Will move. it be in the same place or you don't no, know? No, they're, they're still looking at the venue and trying to figure that out. So, oh, Denver uh, is a good place. Well, it, oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where they're based out of. I'm guessing it's somewhere in Kentucky. Uh, but, sure. But you're right. I mean, it's. Oh, you know, I should mention this as well. You know, I go to a lot of conventions, and, and this, this convention had two different T-shirts. And one of them was nice. It was the regular, I guess, the default Crypticon shirt that most of the people were wearing. But their alternate <laughs> shirt was astonishing. It was such a great cryptid shirt. It had, uh, uh, let's see, it had Mothman, had the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblin. I'm going to forget something. Um, it had... <laughs> Bigfoot. Did yeah. you get one of them? Or? Oh yeah, it's upstairs. I didn't bring it down here for the recording. So were they just handed out to to guests, or uh, yes, in exchange for a twenty dollars donation? Uh. 
Fair enough. <laughs> but they were really nice shirts. I am really blown away. I think I should probably put that in the show notes, uh, the, how cool those shirts were. Well, I don't yeah, know if you they need still to, have it over, to wear but... it and have a picture taken and to post it on the Monster Talk Facebook group. Exactly, exactly. I like it. That's a really good point. I bought a stack of shirts, Karen. They were a lot of the monster shirts were only ten bucks a piece. That's half the price they were. Wow, that's that's cheap. And they were, I mean, and they were the one of the vendors had uh, horror shirts for some just absolutely fantastic monster movies. I I, I got a new one for the thing. Uh, I got one. For, I'm actually wearing one right now for uh, the Loch Ness horror, which I think was a Hammer production, but it was uh, uh, one of the few uh, Nessie movies that were ever made. And uh, they had uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead and, and then all kinds oh. of uh, Sasquatch movies from the 70s. That, it was great. I, oh I, I was in monster heaven, I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, it uh, sounds yeah. it. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I was just delighted to be able to represent science and skepticism and also enjoy the, the glory that is monster world. So it was good stuff. Oh, I really hope to get to one of them in the future. That's yeah. Sense like a lot of fun. It really was. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. And I was glad to be a part of it. So. All right, let's call it a night. Monster Talk. You've been listening to Monster Talk, the science show about monsters. I'm Blake Smith. And I'm Karen Stolzno. In this episode, you heard a chat with Blake Smith and Karen Stolzno about my recent visit to CryptidCon 2017 and to DragonCon 2017. I hope you enjoyed it, and that if circumstances allow, we can meet you at some future event as well. Monster Talk's an official podcast of Skeptic Magazine. The views expressed in this episode are mine and Karen's and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Skeptic Magazine or the Skeptic Society. We're all different in how we approach the task of promoting skepticism and critical thinking, and we welcome well-intentioned constructive criticism and hope our colleagues do as well. Remember, you can always reach us by email by contacting Blake at monstertalk.org or Karen at monstertalk.org. You can also check out our Facebook page by searching Monster Talk in the Facebook webpage or application. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Monster Talk. Each episode, we strive to bring you the best in monster-related content with a focus on bringing scientific skepticism into the conversation. If you enjoy Monster Talk, we now have a variety of ways to support the show, all with convenient links at monstertalk.org forward slash support. That's monstertalk.org forward slash support. There we have links to our Patreon pages as well as a donation button. A great way to support the show is to buy us books from our Amazon Monster Talk wish list, which directly helps us with our research. We love used books very much, so don't feel compelled to buy new ones, and we love Kindle, and we can share our digital library with each other. Finally, without spending any money at all, you can support us by leaving a positive review at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Positive reviews help keep us visible in iTunes, which is a great way to help us find new listeners. And please, share our show on your favorite social media platforms. Hi, my name is Barry Carr, and I'm here with Tom Flynn and Jim Wonderdown talking about the uh, upcoming SciCon conference this October in Las Vegas. So, uh, Tom, Jim, what are you, uh, you looking forward to coming out to SciCon? I cannot wait. I will be hosting the disco party on Saturday night, and it's, is it a zombie disco party? If you want to dress as a zombie, that's fine. That's what we're billing it as, a costume party, so come as you like. Yeah, and uh, we're actually going to have cash prizes and uh, dancing and drinks. This is it true that the grand prize will be a big bowl of brains? Well, leaving the brains and the zombies aside, this is a uh, conference with some heavyweights in the skeptical community. For instance, we have Richard Dawkins, Lawrence Krauss, James Randi, Eugenie Scott. The list actually goes on and on. We have almost 40 speakers coming or more. 
We have workshops, we have course entertainment, as we mentioned. Anything you particularly want to see? Uh, my dear friend uh, Richard Wiseman will be here, also from the UK, author of Quirkology. I can't wait to see him. And don't forget Richard Saunders from Australia. It's going to be Richard's busting out all over. It's the richness of Richard's. <laughs> it absolutely yeah. is. I'll be gambling, too, at some point. No, no, skeptics do not gamble. I, skeptics well, don't gamble. I we do. know the odds. We I don't have, do if, that. If my experience last year is any indication, no, no. skeptics do not gamble. Skeptics win. I have a Some system. Skeptics. Harry, I have a system that is guaranteed to win. I'm going to grab a stack of chips and run. <laughs> there That's you go. Yeah. Okay, the uh, New Yorker writer Maria Konnikova is going to be oh, receiving yeah. the uh, Ballas Award for Critical Thinking for her most recent book. Right, The Confidence Game. Yeah, Maria is a speaker last year. She spoke about The Confidence Game last year. This year, she's talking about her new book, which is about luck. Ah, so what, what better, right? better, what better talk See, about yeah. luck? She'll vindicate me. The Skeptical Toolbox people will be there. Ray Hyman, Jim Elcock, Harriet Hall. And speaking of skeptics groups that are coming, we have the Skeptics Guide to the Universe. The whole uh, the whole show, the whole crew is coming this year. It seems a little skeptic heavy, don't you think, this conference? This is the Skeptics Heavyweight event of the year. It so, does yes. not get better than it this. It does not get better than this. So we hope to see you there. It's uh, October 26th to the 29th at the Excalibur Hotel. It's the, the one that looks like the big castle. You know, you'll see it when you fly into the airport you see the towers rapunzel's there it's the one that looks like the walt disney opium dream so come check us out in las vegas monster talk theme music is by peach stealing monkeys as always thanks for listening Want to stay abreast of the latest from Skeptic Magazine and the Skeptic Society? Want cutting-edge skeptical articles delivered straight to your inbox every week? Then subscribe to eSkeptic, the free electronic newsletter of the Skeptic Society. Visit skeptic.com to sign up. Jeb Card, who we've heard from on the archaeology... The Archie Fantasy... I'm totally messing this up. The Archaeological Fantasies podcast was on our show before.